Frataloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 928, September 22nd, 2022. 95 degrees was the record high on this day. That was in 1936. It's still summer. The autumnal equinox will not occur until 8.03 p.m. tonight. So I say to myself, it's still summer. Okay. And as I mentioned, 1974 was a cool year. It was 26 degrees was the low on this day in 1974. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Terry Purbix writes, the family road trip to Colorado yesterday. We were excited to see the melted windmill, mile 208 in Iowa, but the best part was counting the cars and semi-trucks transporting a new windmill. Seven semis, and wait for it, 25 chase vehicles, pushing back and going forth. Thank you. 25? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, seven divided by 25. About well, three and a half. Yeah. I want to read you an email. Uh, we're going to have a guest here shortly. His name is Dennis Dunnigan. He twice ran for Ramsey County Commissioner. He currently is not running for anything and may never again. We'll find out. <clears throat> but yesterday we were talking about my experiences having attended the public meeting held by the St. Paul City Council regarding the proposed 2023 city budget. And there was nobody there. And I came up with two reasons, and none of you disputed me. I came up with two reasons why nobody was there. Mm-hmm. One, nobody cares. Or two, people actually think they're being well-governed. And I think we missed something. I think we missed something that can be deeply, deeply linked to the mystery on one why no one was there. And Dunnigan's email to me alerted me to this thought. Here is Dunnigan's email. Hail the flashlight king. I ran for Ramsey County Commissioner three times. I never got above 40% of the vote in the district I ran in. He's out in White Bear Lake area. I survived the Garage Logic candidate grilling at the state fair and received your endorsement for my second run. My cylinder index is 22. Uh, you wonder aloud why people didn't show up at the St. Paul City Council budget hearing. People do not believe their participation will have any effect on those who represent us. They are afraid of public speaking. On the conservative side, they are afraid of being shamed and or embarrassed in public. I ran in spite of a painful fear of public speaking. In my 35 years of political involvement, I've come to believe that the three things that might make a difference are, one, get the media and press out of the complete control of the left. The press tells us every day all over the country that those who represent us in government are doing a satisfactory job. They also tell us that those who oppose the left and are dissatisfied with our government representatives are bad people. Two, get our education system out of the complete control of the left. Three, some form of term limits. The gig is too damn good and those who run for office and win either go there already corrupt or get there and get corrupted by the absolute power they are now awarded. The average person is educated by the left 
and then gets bombarded with left-leaning media for a lifetime. The average person does not believe any involvement on their part will change anything. Dennis Dunnigan. And I emailed him back and said, I would love to talk to you on the air. So, Chris, you may call him right now. Uh, because I thought of a, of, a, of a dynamic that can be linked to the mystery on why people are not showing up. And I'll bounce it off Dunnigan. I didn't know he ran three times, and I didn't know he had 35 years of political involvement. We'll have to find out what that means. What did he say about people not getting involved because they don't think it'll make a difference? Right. Read that portion. Uh, you wonder aloud why people didn't show up. People do not believe their participation will have any effect on those who represent us. I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those cynical people. <laughs> Dennis Dunnigan. Dennis, Hello. are you there? Hi. How are yes, you, Dennis? Yes, I am. Dennis, uh, hanging... how old are you? I'm 62. And we met, apparently, at a state fair. Uh, I don't know how many years ago that would have been. Uh, quite a while ago. Um, I was in the crowd. Okay. And at your at your your booth or whatever you refer to it as at the fair there and and uh, you interviewed me, gave me the Garage Logic grilling. Dennis, uh, you ran for Ramsey County Commissioner three times? I did. Why? Uh, well, in truth, because a couple of people that know my wife and I in the area uh, know that we know we've been involved in politics and had been back then for quite a while, and uh, my opponent was running unopposed, mm -hmm. and they asked me to run because we knew how to run campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I basically told them when they came to ask um, that I wasn't interested, and they kept after me. And I basically said, "If I'll tell you what, I'll run it by my wife, and if she says yes, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And she was supposed to say no. <laughs> later, that, later that evening, she said, I think you should, I think you should do that. You're always yeah. interested and always running your mouth about politics and, and issues. And um, I think this would be a good thing for you. So I had to go back to him and say, well, she said, yes, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> but you... I, it, Go I ahead. More, Go ahead. More, more, more to the point. I w I got interested in running. I at some point I tended to see that whenever I listen to those who represent me in government, they talk about the programs, the government entity, the people who rely on the programs. And at some point I was saying to myself, no one ever talks about me, about the average schmuck that buys a, a home and pays property taxes and goes to work every day and uh, I think sort of makes it all work. Uh, they, they, they don't seem to have my interests at heart and they never talk about we've been and, We've been saying that on the show, yeah. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm a real estate appraiser, and for about eight years now, I've worked, uh, we, we refer to it in the appraisal industry, on the inside, I, I work for a bank, okay. and I uh, review other people's appraiser, appraisal reports and basically tell the bank what I think of their, their work. 
When you ran, did you consider yourself a garage logic type candidate? I consider myself a garage logic type person in general. Mm-hmm. You you strike a lot of a lot of chords with me when I when I listen to your radio show and now your podcast. And yes, I did. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, I read your email. I want to read your you you come up with three points why you think people don't show up at these public meetings. Is that correct? Yeah, I think there's a fourth, but yes, essentially yes. Well, I have a fourth too. I wonder if we have the same fourth. Your your uh your reasons are number 1, you say people do not believe their participation will have any effect on those who represent us. Right? Yes. Uh, no, actually, that wasn't your. That wasn't even one of your three points. Point number one, you say, get the media and press out of the complete control of the left. The press tells us every day all over the country that those who represent us in government are doing a satisfactory job. They also tell us that those who oppose the left and are dissatisfied with our government are bad people. I, I don't disagree with that statement. Number two, get our education system out of the complete control of the left. I don't, I don't disagree with that statement. And number three, you uh, advocate some form of term limits. Uh, taken together, you believe those uh, three reasons uh, act in concert to uh, dissuade people from uh, attending these public meetings. Is that a fair statement? Yes, I, I think... I think I talked to a lot of people over the years. Um, I've been very involved in, in politics in the local level, and I, I just get the feeling that they feel frustrated and, you know, they come and go. I was involved for 35 years, and you see them come in, and they're uh, naive, new, and excited about it, and they think they're going to make a difference. and. Uh, how many years of involvement and knowing them, and then they're gone because basically they throw in the towel, I think. You're talking about politicians. Uh, no, I just think the people that show up at the the monthly, you know, uh, Senate district meeting and volunteers and people that want to help with campaigns. Right. Um yeah, and I, but I also believe I've seen in people that are really involved, you know, running for office, politicians at that level. I also see them get involved um, and and give up over time. All right, what is your fourth reason that you didn't state in the email? Because I came up with a fourth reason. I want to know if we're on the same track. Well, I I work in the private sector. And, and I raised a family. I have a grandchild now. I consider my upbringing uh, in the Ramsey County, in the White Bear area, to have been almost idyllic and happy. Um, I think that uh, I'm almost, you'd call me angry that I have to pay attention to government. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I do. And I would hope that the people who are involved in government would would do a good job and I don't have to hold their feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, 
I've, I've got other things to do with my life. That's not my focus. Mm-hmm. I think somebody hit on hit on it on in your conversation in your in yesterday's podcast that you know this isn't my thing. I get involved in it. I guess you would almost say in self defense, and mm-hmm. I don't think everybody gets to to the point where I did. I think they just keep doing what they're doing and they sort of cross their fingers and and stay out of it. I'm I'm I think people look at it and say I'm I'm busy. I have other things to do. You do what you do and I do what I do. And so the politics, public policy gets left to the people that have an interest in it that that are that benefit from what the government is doing. If you know Ramsey County or Hennepin County, but Ramsey County is the level I or the entity that I'm aware of, they have that same meeting every year. Mm-hmm. You go to that meeting, and just like you described, it's the Ramsey County Board, now seven Democrats, mm-hmm. sitting in front of the room, listening, and it's pack, It's a room packed with people who come there to represent their interests in the government. It's not. It's not me. It's not. It's not a average citizen, okay. A taxpayer. All right. Well, I've come up. I've... <laughs> I, no, that's helpful. I, I here's my fourth reason. Because yesterday I said, I'm adding on to you. I have a third reason. Yesterday I said either people don't care, which is pretty much the same as you saying people are busy and they have their fingers crossed and just hope everything goes well. Or they they have this belief that they're well governed. I, I find that hard to believe. But that those are the only two reasons that came up with yesterday. Well, here's my here's my reason that I only dawned on me based on your email. I wonder, as a result of the left having taken over the major institutions of this country, most principally academia, uh, journalism, uh, and politics, if the message of collectivism hasn't finally set in and people believe they have no business challenging anything. They have no business challenging anything because they're buying into the collective nature of our existence, that we should be all in this together, that we're collectivists. You're either with us or you're against yeah, us. Yeah, and, and so people say, well, I, I'm not going to go and, and give a contrary view. That would be that would be going against the collectivism that we're all living in. That's, I, I, I hope I'm on the wrong track, but that's what I came up with. I would, I tend to agree with that. I think, you know, you're formed by your education, academia, and they... The other side, the left owns that, and your and then you're uh, informed by the media thereafter as an adult, and they own that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, everybody talks about Donald Trump. I I I would probably vote for him, but I think his best or people like him, his best contribution going forward would be, you know, buy some media outlets, um, endow some schools, you know, get, get. He doesn't have any money. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think his best thing well, he could do moving forward is to be in prison for life, but that's a different question. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I think I don't think people don't care, but I do think that it's pretty uh, intimidating to show up, um, and you expect as a conservative or even a moderate conservative that you're going to be challenged and like me uh, i told you in my email i'm i'm phobic about public speaking mm-hmm. and being in front of the room um i to, to go and know that you're going to get attacked ridiculed even because you disagree with the mainstream it's hard to be but what are you disagreeing with you're disagreeing with the collectivist mentality yeah, I don't believe that I, you know, <laughs> I believe in our system of government mm-hmm. and our economic system. And I, I'm, I'm kind of on Churchill's side that all forms of government are nothing but a necessary evil. Right. You know, our, our ours is a terrible form of government until you compare it to any other government that's ever been attempted. That's right. It's the best. It's the best we've come up with so far, and I believe in it. And I believe that the left is trying as as hard as it can every day in a, in a hundred different ways to turn us away from it. Mm-hmm. Fundament, you know, what did they say? What did Obama say? Fundamentally transform us. Right. I don't want to be fundamentally transformed. Neither do I. <laughs> I'm just I, I and I realize I'm blessed that I that I grew up, you know, <laughs> blessed and. I guess you'd have to say privileged Mm -hmm. that my parents put me before anything else in their life and gave me a good life. I tend to look at this and say, instead of attacking me, why don't we give that same opportunity to as many people as we can? Mm -hmm. Give them the same chances that I had rather than attack the way things are and have been. Well, it, 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 it's good. Let's just make sure more people are having access to it. Are you have done? The, are you uh, are you retiring yourself from running for public office? You've had your chances, and you're going to let it go. <laughs> uh, in my life, I've tended to get to, to succeed at things after long and long struggle. Um, it's hard for me to say that. That's that would be the hardest decision to, is to not run again. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be it, it'd be easier for me to say I'm I'm still in it and let let's let's do this T- to admit and and walk away to admit that it's just not going to happen and let it go would be a difficult decision for me. But right. um, I'm probably at a time in my life I'm, I spend a lot of time at the lake house couple hours north and in, mm-hmm. in uh, Wisconsin um, it, it, you know truth be told I probably should hang it up mm-hmm. but uh, if if people and and every each time I've ran it's been because I've been cajoled I, I never ran because I thought I'm some you know phenom or Right, right. I, I was, I was, I was asked. Right. People approached me and said, "We need somebody to run. Are you interested?" And I ran on that basis. You know, if if 
if that happens again, it will be hard for me to turn it down. All right. Dennis, I thank you for your time. We'll wait, stay wait, in wait, touch. Go wait ahead, a Kenny. Go ahead. You brought up a number of items that I, that I thought were really, really interesting, Dennis. Um, you were talking about your life and how you were raised and your parents set aside pretty much everything to raise you. And a lot of our parents did that. That's that's normal. And I, I think what the left would call that or what they would say is that your life growing up and right up until now, including you going to the lake on the weekend, is a life that's based on white privilege. Yep, yep. And I think yep. the collectivism that you guys are talking about, no matter how they paint it, um, you know, we might end up talking about tree equity later on in the broadcast. But wait, wait, I think what they want, instead of everybody doing wonderful, everybody having the same shot at life that Dennis had, they want everybody to suffer. That's what it yep. seems like to me. They want to drag everybody. It's like the lowest common denominator. We're all a slave to the person on the freeway doing 45 miles per hour. So you know what I'm saying? The, the mob mentality that we all must suffer. Kenny, it, you're, you're poorly informed. Dennis is black. <laughs> well, I didn't... <laughs> Oh, he is? That's Dennis, are you bit. black? That's an old bit from the show, Dennis. <laughs> but did anything I say there... What you're talking about is something that I've talked about a lot with with friends, is instead of trying to spread the the example of my life and, and, and how my parents lived their life and how I lived my life and raised my children and now my grandchild... Um, Let's spread the misery. Yes. Let's not spread the good news of if you do X, Y, and Z, you will probably have a happy life. Right. Let's right. spread the news. Let Let's spread the misery. If If anybody's miserable, we all have to be miserable. Yep. As right. Versus is, as versus, there's a way to be happy, and if if that's true. Let's give that to as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I totally agree with where you're, but, and I have talked about that a lot. And, and when, when you're a conservative or you're on the right side of the aisle, no matter what your backstory is, they will still find something to criticize you about. And I'm thinking, as I'm saying this, about Kendall Qualls, who grew up in poverty, went into the military, had everything in the world working against him, yet he succeeded, um, and succeeded very well. Um, but still, when he starts talking about the issues, they can cut him down, you know, and they say he's being, you know, I'm going to paraphrase and just say they're going to call him an Uncle Tom mm -hmm. or, or whatever or something like that. So no matter what your backstory is, they're going to find a way to turn it on you. Right. Well, I, I personally, something that I've hit on in, in recent times is, and I talk about this a lot with people, um, if we talk about issues, boil, boil something down to an issue like, you know, oh my goodness, abortion or taxes, if we just talk about issues, I have plenty in common and can reach a compromise. Yeah. Make me a conservative yeah, and t pick pick any lefty and put them in the conversation with me, and we can agree on certain things yeah. and agree to disagree on others. We can compromise, but what the 
politicians want us to do is talk about Donald Trump or Joe Biden or socialism or fascism, ideology. Yes. Yep. yes. O- over, overreaching things that keep us mad at each other that we can never agree on. And they want us never to figure out that if we talk about a given issue, and ha- I've done this with people, with with people that are diametrically opposed to me politically, where I say, okay, let's talk about this issue. What what, what do you feel about it, and what do I feel about it? Again, I I, I government is a necessary evil, um, but we have to have it. I'm a conservative. But I'm also a person who believes I can't have everything I want. Mm-hmm. The pe- the people who disagree with me, they have to get something out of the compromise. We have to reach a compromise. Um, and and if we do that issue by issue, I have far more in common with with the average person um, than we want to believe. Even though they may come from the other side of the political spectrum. As human beings, as people, we agree on way more than we disagree about. Absolutely. And I've, I've proved that in conversations over and over with people that were willing to go there with me. You know, let's not talk about the Don, and then let's not talk about Joe. Let's talk about taxes. Right, right. Let's talk about a, a given issue, and we can get somewhere. Dennis, any relation to the great Dunnigan uh, character who either ran or owned a filling station in Highland Park? Well, now you're going to tear me up. <laughs> Why? That's my that's my father's older brother. I'll be damned. I love the guy. Uh-huh. Cool. I love the guy. Is he is he is he, he's no longer with us, is he? Or is no, he? He's not. Oh, that's what I thought. Well, he's, yeah. He's he's with me in spirit. Yeah. But he's not with me. <laughs> great guy. Yeah, he's he's passed. Oh, just and, a hell of a guy. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah, my my own father, a couple of years younger than him, idolized him. Yeah. And uh, they both were Army Air Corps pilots. Oh, boy. World War II era. Oh, boy. My uh, uncle went in first and flew the China-Burma hump. Yep. That's what my, dad, my dad did. Hey, idol- my dad flew the idolized- hump. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my dad idolized him, so obviously he did the— he didn't fly the hump, but he went into the Army Air Corps and got his wings. Yeah. Dennis, great but, talking yeah. to you. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, I, I, it's a great honor to, to talk to you. I've been a big fan forever, so well, I thank really, you. Thank this, you. This is fun. Thank you. All thank right, we'll you. stay yep, in touch. Thank you, Dennis. All right, All right we'll, uh, we'll uh, take a time out here. Return in just a moment. That's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do I have the privilege of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. Uh, Ariva, I hate to break it to you, but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. (laughs) 
Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now. And the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. And you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Hello? Uh Hi. Oh, no. How are you? (sighs) We lost the whole show. No. Oh, no. What? (laughs) Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no, what? Don't say, oh, no. Say, oh, this is nothing. I can deal with this. What is it? What is it anyway? What is it anyway? There we go. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores. You know what that was, Joe? That was Reavers paying us back. That was Reavers paying us back. (laughs) No, that was Reavers almost having a heart attack because I thought I lost the show. Oh, mother of God. I've got something here. I've got Moon Motorsports there in Monticello. They have the brand. They have something for all of us, the brands that bring our families together. Uh, Moon, the fastest-growing KTM Husqvarna dealer in the state, Husqvarna. Not Husqvarna, Husqvarna. Uh, And they've got a great range of in-stock ATVs, side-by-sides. Minnesota families, we love off-road recreation. KTM, Husqvarna, Polaris, Can-Am. They're the brands that Minnesota families love to ride. Moon Motorsports, they've got them all, from dirt bikes to street bikes, side-by-sides. Something for every member of the family. You can check them and all the used inventory out at moonmotorsports.com. And... uh, First day of fall, that means winter, right around the corner. Not till 8.03 p.m., please. But uh, for a lot of people, they're already thinking about winter storage. That means you should be thinking about Moon Motorsports. They've been providing winter prep and storage for years. Get a hold of Moon today. Schedule your machine's winter storage routine. KTM, Husqvarna, Polaris, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, Yamaha, Honda, Skidoo. No wonder they're the biggest place in the state. South of 94, west of 25 in Monticello. And like I said, on the web, moonmotorsports.com. You know, that uh, Dunnigan filling station reference got me thinking. I'm probably the last generation to know who owns the gas station. I think it was common hmm. in American life that you knew who ran the gas station. Well, because when you drove over the hose with the bell, they come out wiping Al their hands out. on a rag. Al came out. Or Maybe. Dunnigan came out. Yeah. You need or regular? Sean came out. Regular or high test? Check your oil. And gas was red and smelled good because it was Wash full your window. Landed. Get you a can of seafoam. Yeah. You know, I'm a little younger than you, Joe, and you're right, because uh, Tim Eckroth and Mandan. Yeah. I mean, we'd go to Tim's. You knew, it was a standard, you kn- standard oil station. You knew Tim's. who owned the gas station. Yep. Kenny, huh. you, you, 
your dad oh. knew who owned the gas station. The locals here still talk about Frank five miles down the road who owned the Standard Oil. Yes. Everybody knew Frank. You think the average Lift. euphorian driving down the street no. knows who owns the gas station? No, because no. they go to a, what are they called, Safeways or Safety First? or I'm a quick trip guy. Uh, what what like is Costco? It? Casey's. Uh, no, who who bought uh, Super America? What's that called now? Safe. Speedway. Speedway. They Speedway. don't know. Yeah. There's no owner. You There's know the no guy, owner. You know the guy across the street here? I do not. Okay. I don't uh, trade there. <laughs> okay. Just curious. I kn- I have paid inside privileges where I that's go. Okay? True. That's and true. That's true. Uh, those are hard earned. Those are hard earned. Well, thanks to Dunnigan. That was fun. I know a GLer who uh, owns a service station right there in St. Paul. It's still an old family-run joint. Um, so do I. Get your car tuned up, get yourself some gas, say hi to your buddy, and be on your way. Yep. I know Schoonover. Yep. So do I. Yeah. Tree equity. I, uh, there's a, <laughs> uh, I just don't know where, the, where I am on this. It's a, uh. A lovely front-page play on the Star Tribune today of uh, two photographs. Uh, One is a photograph of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, and the other is a a photograph of St. Paul's Frogtown neighborhood. It's a a story regarding tree equity, and uh, the caption above the uh, piece reads, Restoring our tree canopy. Neighborhoods with less natural shade face hotter summers higher utility (laughs) bills, and more health troubles. Work is underway to repair this gap. And they managed to get the drone up there long enough to find a a shot that could be cropped in such a way to show that uh, this particular picture of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood has quite a few trees. trees. And and then they found a block off Rice Street where uh, there's not as many trees. And uh, one of them is quoted as saying, you just can't unsee this. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like you're witnessing some poor war refugee aflame or something. It's Holocaust. Just, oh, my God in heaven. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, this borders on a some sort of a mental deficiency. Uh, it's not complete insanity, but to say that... Well, let's take it to its logical extension. (laughs) If you are going to suggest that the lack of trees in a neighborhood is an inequity, then what else are you going to suggest is an inequity? Well, we're just getting started. Oh, this well, you're is not gotta, kidding. Yeah. This has got to be the top. This is the peak. This is the acme. They, they, they can't go. Trees? They, they can't go beyond this, <laughs> can they? Down. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Stand up. It's There's a story. A it's a story based on Metropolitan Council data scientists who are recognizing a pattern when they map Twin Cities' patchy tree canopy. You know, every tree around here is an invasive species. This was the prairie. (laughs) Neighborhoods with the fewest trees were in the same areas where discriminatory lending practices had segregated people of color and freeway construction had plowed through black neighborhoods. That is not true of Frogtown. Uh, That's true of... uh, And and I, I have to tell these young people who wrote this story, if I had been around, I'd like to think I would have campaigned 
about undoing the Rondo neighborhood because there was a much greater route that would have caused much less inconvenience. Detroit is leading the way on that. They're they're tearing out their Rondo area. Right. We can tear out Mm -hmm. 94 and reroute it. It'll cost a few dollars. Mm -hmm. Once you've seen it, and once this is pointed out to you, you just can't unsee it, <laughs> ah. said Ellen Ash, a senior data scientist with the Metropolitan Council. But I, I can't. <laughs> this is like telling me that uh, cars in the Miriam Park neighborhood are cleaner than cars in, the, in Frogtown. Okay. And, yep. and, okay, and and somehow you're attaching to that observation an equity dynamic. This is like saying uh, retaining walls in Mac Groveland are made with red brick, while the retaining walls in Payne Phelan are made with concrete blocks. <laughs> and I would say, yeah. So what? <laughs> What's the point? Well, the point is, if you can sell this idea that somehow the lack of trees suggests oppression, racism, discrimination, lack of equity, then what else won't you attach to that? Uh, should should You shouldn't have a nicer home than someone in another neighborhood? That's where you're headed here. You're headed to complete socialism and Marxism. You're headed to the uh, verities of property ownership. You're headed to the idea that property shouldn't be owned because it cannot be owned equally. You're headed to the idea that equity cannot possibly reflected, be reflected by ownership, while at the same time failing to recognize the truth that there's nobody in, in the Frogtown neighborhood who's been prevented from going to a nursery and buying a tree. And if they don't want to do that, the city has people who come and give you one for a couple bucks. Yep. And plant it for you. Yep. All you got to do is water it. Yep. Or poison it, depending they, on where they well, put it. Well, we happen to know a woman who might have done that. <laughs> <laughs> she no longer lives in Minneapolis. No, she was a grump. <laughs> They'll even give you a little plastic bag, a little teeny little bag yeah. to go yeah. around the tree, and all you got to do is fill the bag with water. But where are you headed with this nonsense? Where are you headed with this? It's, to me, the whole climate change hysteria does speak to me of insanity. It, it really does. It speaks to me of a complete denial of faith, originality, liberty, faith, and reality. And it's seeped into every portion of our life yes. now. Every yes. branch of government. And now every company, every corporation along the way is falling in step with whatever this insane religious movement is that we're witnessing. Why, why, why is the Metropolitan Council involved, Such? Why Why have they decided that they need to make this one of their priorities? That's a great question. The Met Council's Regional Planning Authority cannot impose mandates to fix this problem. So we've already established the, the two reporters, Chloe Johnson and Zoe Jackson, both of whom I don't know, they've established or are corroborating the belief that the Met Council regards this as a problem. It's right. not a problem. Right. A problem is getting stabbed in Frogtown. Yep, that's an issue. But you can now get stabbed in Highland Park. 
That's a problem. Is that an equity then? Is, is that equity? Yeah. That's equity. Is <laughs> equity See? has come to crime? Okay. See, that's what I meant talking to Dennis. We've it's the lowest common denominator. Yes. We all have to suffer equally. And believe me, we are. I know it personally. Yeah. Did you yeah. want to hear the song again? No. Okay. <laughs> Does St. Paul well, have I a... want to follow up on Kenny's question. Why is the Met Council involved in this? Well, officials are offering data and guidance for cities. And let me turn to the jump where I bet we get some more pictures. Sure we do. We get a, uh, I'm, only, I'm assuming a gay couple. I don't know. You're right over there? Yeah, this thing is, you got to tighten this up. Where's the tightening department? <laughs> this is falling apart. Uh-huh, now. I, I see that. Okay. There it goes. There it goes. Now I got to talk like this. I got to get way down here. I really get a shot of your head now. Here's a couple. Homeowners Matthew Vick left and David Doreva, they might just be neighbors or buddies, I don't know, of St. Louis Park, made the most of the city's full-service tree planting program, which costs residents as little as 35 bucks a tree. Can't you beat that by going to a nursery? And I don't tre- know what a tree costs. I trees don't know what are a tree expen- costs. The smaller they are, the cheaper they are. So buy one that's uh, less than a year old. The Met Council's report is called Growing Shade. It identifies parts of the metro where the Met Council sees environmental injustice. Yeah. As yeah. well as other areas where insufficient trees cover, where in- insufficient tree cover raises concerns about public health and climate change. Mother of God, what's happening to us? And I mean Mother of God. Will you please intervene, Mother of God? This whole Western society is going insane. It's just going insane. This is insanity. Such, you, you live in, let's say you live in Frogtown. Mm-hmm. You're living I know pay- many people who have and do. You live, uh, you live in paycheck to paycheck. Usually yep. your paycheck is gone two days after you receive it because you've got bills stacked Too up. Too much months left when the money runs out. You're, uh, you're working two jobs seven days a week. Yep. You're always broke. You've yep. got a couple of kids. Are you going to spend $35 a piece for two trees to plant in your front yard? Or are you going to buy some groceries, some soup and bread and Well, milk? Kenny, here's how I'd answer that question. Diapers. No, I can't afford the tree because the city of St. Paul, which pretends to care about me, is invoking a 15.3% hike in the city's budget and in property tax levy. And uh, what they're going to do, as uh, to me, a resident of Frogtown, is harm me. They're going to harm me. And then the city will come back and say, you can't afford it? Well, we're going to, um, we're going to grant you some money. We're going, to take, we're going to raise your taxes. We're going to buy a bunch of trees, and we're going to give them to you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay. Either you're going to pay or you're going to pay. <laughs> Guided by this new data, recent work to reforest private property in the metro area has focused on encouraging rather than requiring homeowners and landlords to do it. Mandates can also fail. Ash, she's the one who said, you can't unsee this, said planners are always wary of lessons learned from Detroit, where a 2014 planting program led a quarter of residents to say they didn't want a new tree, partly because they saw it as a burden the city was imposing on them. Mm Mm-hmm. So far, a small constellation of city governments and nonprofit groups has seized on the data to launch new programs or get more support for existing ones. 
Esh said, Esh is the one who said, you can't unsee this, said she and her Met Council colleagues uh, hope that as word about growing shade spreads, these projects will too. And in coming years, the Met Council's data may shape how new federal dollars can fill the gaps. The Inflation Reduction Act, which does nothing to reduce inflation, passed by Congress in August, the largest climate spending package in U.S. history, directs $1.5 billion to tree planting in urban areas. Sheesh. The money will be available through federal grants. Here comes your next scam. Yeah. And cities, counties, states, and nonprofits must apply for it. Honest to God, there's going to be a... Don't let any Somalis get involved with tree planting. Is that racist on my part? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Most yeah. likely. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. What I mean is, let's not have any scandals. In St. Paul's Frogtown neighborhood, the tree gap is especially severe. The area has the thinnest canopy on private land in St. Paul, and the population is 75% residents of color. Frogtown resident Joe Seabast lost a large tree to rot. I bet evil white people caused that Probably, to happen. Probably, most likely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he moved to Minnesota from Seattle last year, expecting the tree to be part of his family's life, that they'd God. be worrying more about the winter chill than the summer heat. Oh, Jesus God. H. Christ. How I'm can praying, you read this? I'm yeah. praying. Oh. Now he's lost the shade that would protect his house as the sun rose. Oh. The sun rising is the fault of white patriarchy. Of course it is. Seabass electric bill has gone up significantly since he bought two additional window air conditioners. Well, I suppose. He hopes to plant a new tree, but there are obstacles. Huh. Doesn't have a spade? Oh. Even though I have a good salary and pretty good work-life balance, I'm still having a hard time finding the money and the time to do the research I need <laughs> Wait, to, to be able to figure out what trees I can plant and then figure out how to plant it myself. <laughs> wow. He must be really busy. Really, really, really busy. The great thing, like, say, take a pine tree, and if it's a young one, foot tall, Get your tree spade, which is, you know, a shovel. You stick it into the ground, and you go like this, back and forth. How you open times? up a little slot. Put your foot on top of the shovel. Put your, put your tree in that slot, then push that earth back together. Boom, yeah. tree planted. Don't, takes no, don't, no, don't have time, sorry. Takes Reavers. about 60 seconds. <laughs> no, I don't want to take a break, because I'll tell you why. Okay. We have to visit Martha Burton. Oh. Martha Burton's family is... Still heartbroken over the first tree they lost <laughs> when they moved to Frogtown. You're getting the song again. She comes from a long line of tree lovers. Oh, well, and don't she, we all? And she was Her excited. family tree is full of tree lovers. <laughs> and she was excited to have an arborist come and get their maple ready for winter. Would what? you have to get her a new coat and some mittens? What the hell oh, is this? You had to change the oil and clean the air filter. And, Burton you know. was at work one day. When oh, she no. got a call letting her know that the tree was a hazard and had to come down immediately, her family mm. was left with a much hotter house and a lot less privacy. 
there's a lot of what I like to call tree grief in Frogtown. <laughs> oh, my God. Trees, this has turned into an onion story. It Joe. really has. <laughs> Trees are such place definers. Reaper, stop that! <laughs> the tree was murdered. There's a lot of what I like to call tree grief in Frogtown. Trees are such place definers. And there's so few trees in Frogtown that when you lose one, you really, really feel it, said Burton, who has since moved to Highland Park, probably for the trees. Oh, wait, wait. She moved She moved out of Frogtown yeah. to Highland Park. Oh, well, interesting. <laughs> Frogtown Green, an initiative launched in 2008, is working to make up the gap of these lost trees. The majority of residents are renters, so the group educates landlords and property owners about the financial benefits of trees. So far, they have planted 600 trees of their goal of 1,000 trees by the year 2025. The problem with trees is, unless they're willow trees or aspen or, um, I don't know, um, basswood, it takes them a long time to grow. Let's get to the climate change problem. The program isn't just about making yards more comfortable. Our basic intent is to cement in the minds of everyone who lives in Frogtown that one or more trees are going to help address climate change, said founder and director of Frogtown Green, Patricia Omens. But it can be challenging to to persuade distant property owners to participate. (sighs) I'm at a loss, you guys. I I really am. I think we're witnessing a, a... this is this goes on for three pages. The front page, yeah. page A six and page A seven, and there's maps, yeah, and photos and and everything. Did you did you read the Star Tribune over the weekend, Joe? Because this is almost the this is part this is two. the second installment. Yeah, this basically. is part two. This is part the first two. one, the tornado, uh, remember went through it. Well, that blew one, white down. people planned that. So it's almost like yeah. a season a preview tornado. for the Vikings. No, white people oh, at the minute. Minneapolis Club got together for lunch and they planned that tornado. So yeah. those two windstorms we had last spring that took down oh I'd say about twenty of my trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a racist windstorm. Yes, yes, that was yeah. brought about by white people. Well, I'm a cracker. Yeah, but you're you're a victim too of that. You have greater equity. Oh, these reporters. It says Chloe Johnson covers climate and other environmental issues for the Star Tribune. She is a core member with Report for America, a program that places journalists into local newsrooms. I, I have this cartoon bubble of somebody grabbing her by the scruff of the neck and bringing her to the newsroom and say, "You got to take this person." Yeah. <laughs> Report for America. What 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 America are you even reporting on, Chloe? And then the editor saying we're going to need a hundred inches from you uh, every six months. Oh. Mm-hmm. So start churning out the copy. Chuckles. I'm trying to find Chloe. David Dorava, a public school teacher, lives just north of Minnetonka Boulevard in an area with the Met Council's second highest priority score for environmental justice concerns. The canopy cover in Dorova's neighborhood is about 28%, far below the 45% goal of the council. Dorava and his partner, Matthew York, received three discounted trees from the city's planting program, bringing the number of trees on their small plot to 11. 
We both a, came from Minneapolis where they have those big, huge, gorgeous canopy trees, Durava said. We just wanted more shade and greenery. Okay. Okay. I, I, uh, you brought that up. Did you see the piece where Jacob Fry, or the uh, paragraph where Jacob Fry was quoted? No. He announced the cre- in August, he announced the creation of a new city tree coordinator position to expand tree planting on both private property and parkways in lower income <laughs> neighborhoods. Pandemic funds will target green zones on the north side and the south side of Minneapolis uh, in the lower income areas with fewer trees. Now, here's this quote. I love this. Imagine a city employee coming to your door and asking if you want additional trees and then going down the entire block and doing the same thing. Wouldn't Fry that be said. wonderful? Oh, can you imagine that world? That would be a wonderful. I mean, I, I've told you this story before about Minneapolis, and everybody refers to Minneapolis for the great, great tree canopies that they have on the streets. All of those trees, well, a lot of those trees. Well, they planted. last as long until you need a bike path. Right, right, right. <laughs> then they come down, or they plant them on the boulevard, that little stretch of grass between the sidewalk and the street, right? And so those trees get 20, 30, 40 years old. Those roots start going down looking for water, and what they eventually end up doing is breaking the sewer pipes yeah. that run from your house out to the street. So then you call to get a quote to find out how much it's going to cost you to repair that uh, pipe, and you find out, well, Kenny, it's thirty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. How do you think Kenny cares about trees when he's given a bill for thirty-five thousand dollars when a city tree did all the damage? You know how earlier in the program, Joe, you were kind of doubting uh, your feeling on society in general, and why don't you just go ahead and read the online comments of this story at StarTribune.com? Oh, are they in favor of it? What do you think? I, I would imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. We're in a lot of trouble. If you get back to the real world, uh, which is really a long way away, you need uh, you need magnets because they don't have magnets in this world. Is magnets there a magnet inequity problem? Yeah. In they this, don't stick to world, trees, though, Joe. There's no gator magnetics in this world. In this world of tree inequity, there's no gator magnetics. You have to go back to the real world, and you buy gator hooks. They're magnetized. You place them on steel surfaces in your garage, and you've solved all your storage problems by getting things off the floor. They have a patented ma- magnetic technology that's so strong you lift up a little plastic lever, and that removes the magnet with its hook from some surface you've attached it to, and you move it, you move it elsewhere. Use them in the garage, in the house, uh, on work sites. They turn any metal surface, not gold. Not they zinc. Turn, not zinc. They I don't take aluminum either. Nope. But they turn any metal surface in your garage into a place to hang stuff. Uh, I, I, when I saw these, I knew it was an automatic success story for these guys. You need these in your garage. They're really cool. And on the website, you can learn about what's coming in the future and how you can customize these and hang baskets between two hooks. Uh, it is really a brilliant storage idea. Go to GatorMagnetics.com and see the Gator hooks in action. GatorMagnetics.com. Here it is, Positive Thursday already. And, of course, like usual, it's brought to us by SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. That means Mr. Mike Schoonover is on the line with us. Schoonover right there in Shoreview at 1060 County Road E. And you can tell it's schoonovers when you go by because, whoof, they are busy. 
<laughs> Are you keeping up, Mike? Kenny, we are keeping up. Our, you know, our the, the water is just below our nose, so we're able to stand on our very tippy toes and uh, and and not uh, and still be able to breathe. So, no, it's all good. It's all good. It sounds like you guys got an estimator in there finally, so you got somebody to help you out on that end. Yeah, I got a. I, we got a. We got a full crew. I um, I, I do need a. Uh, I do need one more person to help out in the office with uh, kind of administrative and paperwork accounting payroll type things so if there's any GLers out GLers out there who uh who uh know how to do that or if they know somebody that would be great to send them my way so if you know how to drive a desk give Mike a call <laughs> <laughs> and we got the sitting ones and we got the standing ones so oh we, ergonomically we will, correct we will accommodate you uh uh to no end so yeah it's all good so the Just estimator the new estimator part that 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 really has to help you out when it comes to dealing with insurance companies, right? It does, and we we hired uh, his the gentleman's name is Donnie, and actually uh, he drove up from Knoxville, Tennessee, wow, to come work in Minnesota with with uh, he and his wife. So they actually just wow. moved last weekend up here. So wow, um, it was <laughs> it was. Uh, it was uh, fantastic to be able to have that interview over the phone and be able to talk and learn and and that type of thing. And he's uh, he started this week, so actually, uh, and and he and his wife are loving life in Minnesota. So well, that's great news. Uh, yeah, have him get back to us uh, around February fifteenth. We'll see how he likes it here then. <laughs> well, one thing is for certain: he uh, come February fifteenth with the snow on the ice, he will be very very busy. Yes. Yeah, and we'll hopefully by then be in the middle of our construction project. So we'll. Uh, it sounds like we're going to be breaking ground in our in our uh, addition uh, sometime in November. So that'll be fantastic. You know, let's let's start a construction project in the middle of winter and uh, <laughs> in your busiest time in uh, the height of inflation. So well, let's let's just, let's just go. Right. I, I think if anybody can, if anybody can pull it off, you guys can pull it off up there. Pretty much everything uh, related to autos, auto repair. I mean, I'm talking glass service, uh, oil changes, new tires. You need some new plug wires? Yeah, they they, they can do that. And body work? You, you, you've got body work at Schoonover. Uh, call up Schoonover Body Works and Glass. You'll get hooked up with the right service tech. 80 years and counting in Shoreview. Thank you so much for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com, the GLers Body Shop. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Such, I'm on the um, Metropolitan Council website, and I know you want to move along here, but I just want to read what they do. They are the uh, regional policy-making body, planning agency, and provider of essential services in the seven-county Twin Cities metro area. The mission is to foster efficient and economic growth for a prosperous region. 17 members on that board. Unelected. Policy-making board. And now they're worried about trees. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, before I get to news, I would like to tell you about, you said that reporter for the Star Tribune came from Report for America. Well, correct? that's what their thing says, yeah. That's what yeah. It says. Well, here's what they are. They have a, I like their goal. It's a worthy goal. I don't know how it's going to work out, but... Uh, it's an organization that wants to put young journalists mm-hmm. into situations where they can work because 
obviously a lot of journalists are out of jobs There's because no the newsrooms, jobs. Yeah. yeah, the newsrooms are, are getting rid of the jobs. So what they do, uh, it's a national service program. They put journalists into local newsrooms to report on undercover issues and communities. And the say this person with the Star Tribune, fifty mm-hmm. percent uh, of a salary comes from the paper. Right. Twenty-five percent uh, comes from. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Fifty percent. Uh, Report for America pays 50% right. of the salary, All right. okay? All right. The other half is paid by the uh, Star Tribune at 25% and 25% from local donors. How much so. will be paid by local nurseries in this case? <laughs> yeah, these are propaganda writers. <laughs> that's what they are. They they write press releases. Well, uh, good for them, and I'm glad she's got a gig. Okay, yeah, I, here's I John. When, when you go to their website, it's more than that, Kenny. Right. Uh, seriously, but... Yeah. Uh, Young people, okay. if you want to make a difference, go into nursing. We need way more nurses. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's, it's, I understand. It it's, is ugly. No, we need nurses. No, Kenny, you're wrong. We need more lawyers. <laughs> yeah, lots and more a, lawyers. And activists. We need more lawyers. <laughs> By the way, need... uh, Chloe's um, caption for this on her Twitter account. What? It just says, meet the people trying to fix the Twin Cities tree canopy gap. Oh, okay. <laughs> the canopy gap. Remember. Once you see it, you can't yeah, unsee no, you can't it. Unsee Wait, it. isn't that a town in Tennessee, Canopy Gap? I think Probably it is. Could be. Yeah. I think a Civil War battle was fought there. Yeah. In, in news, one day after federal prosecutors unsealed those indictments in what they call the nation's largest case of pandemic fraud, a state agency is trying to push back against criticism that it didn't do enough to stop the misappropriation of millions of taxpayer dollars. The Department of Education here in Minnesota filing a legal claim yesterday against Feeding Our Future, accusing the nonprofit of baseless legal attacks. Amy Bach, the founder and executive director of Feeding Our Future, is one of 48 people charged with almost a quarter of a billion dollars in fraud involving federal child nutrition programs. But in 2020, when MDE attempted to restrict the flow of federal funds to the nonprofit, Bach sued the state agency. Despite praise for MDA from federal authorities, some state lawmakers still have questions about whether the state agency could have done more. The Office of the Legislative Auditor announced Wednesday it had launched its own review of MDE's oversight of feeding our future. Uh, Also, uh, did you guys see the cars that were involved in this? Uh, Uh, The cars that the people bought? Did you see the list? I did not see the list. Where are you seeing that? Where did I miss uh, that? It was uh, on Twitter from a reporter oh. who who, uh, who went through the federal indictment. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he, these are among the cars. A right. 2020 Lexus RX350, a 2021 Mercedes S580, a oh, 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee, a mm-hmm. 2022 GMC Sierra 1500, a 2022 Mini Cooper Countryman, a 2021 Land Rover 2021, Ooh. a Lexus RX 350 2021, oh. and a Mercedes 2021 Mercedes GLA. That's a partial list right. of some of the cars that were purchased with the money right. that uh, was supposed to go to feed. I like that S series. Uh, that's a nice car. That's Benzie's biggest car. Yep, that's a big one. She hauls ass, too. Mm-hmm. St. Paul City Council yesterday approved a package of amendments that overhauls the rent stabilization ordinance that voters passed last year. After a hearing from more than a dozen residents who all spoke out against the revisions, council members voted 5-2 to two to overhaul the policy. Council members Nelzi Yang and Mitra Jalali voting no. Of course they did. 
The version on the ballot in November capped yearly rent increases at 3%, regardless of a change in occupancy, one of the strictest regulations of its kind in the country. But earlier this year, the city established rules that let landlords apply for exceptions beyond the 3% limit. Over the past several weeks, the city council has heard from renters and housing advocates who have largely opposed the changes to the ordinance. They say the broad exemptions for new construction, which retroactively applies to units built in the past 20 years, and affordable housing gut the original policy and harm low-income renters. Can we put this in some plain uh, GL language? Mm-hmm. The uh, incompetent people who run the city uh, allowed activists to craft a ballot question. Yep. The activists got enough names on a petition to place it on the ballot. The activists were essentially people who didn't want to pay any more than they're paying in rent. They got this passed only to have what they accomplished collide with reality. And the reality is, short of aerial bombardment, uh, nothing destroys a city quicker than rent control. Because what they discovered is, oh, you got rent control now. Well, we're not done. We're, we're done. We're not building here anymore. We'll see you later. And the city council, uh, I'm surprised they even did, but the city council reacted to that and said, well, we have to amend this. They essentially gutted everything the activists voted for. Yeah. But that's what happens when you allow... Uh, uh, that's not my line, anyway, uh, aerial bombardment. Uh, the great... Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now, said that. Short of aerial bombardment, the quickest way to ruin a city is rent control. Well, reality and adults stepped in. Yeah, and uh, that's what happens, though, when you allow activists to, to put questions on the, on the ballot. If you live in a rent-controlled building and it's a lower-income property, uh, you think it's bad now? You're never going to get new carpet. That hole in the wall is not going to get fixed. The roof is going to keep le- leaking. The furnace isn't going to get repaired. That's uh, just right, simple well, now, reality. Uh, well, they they address that, and they're hoping that they've fixed the problem. But the problem is you were morons to begin with. <laughs> Star Tribune reporting U.S. Bank Stadium is going to get a permanent security fence. The fencing will replace the chain link that currently surrounds most of the building that opened back in August of 2016. The Vikings have for a few years now been interested in permanent security fencing. The Minnesota Sports Facilities Authority agreed today to allow staff to choose a firm to design the structure and landscaping. Construction bids will come later. The MSFA also approved a review of club spaces exploring the possibility of a new training area for event day staff. MSFA Chairman Michael Vekic said the U.S. Department of Homeland Security urged the permanent fencing for the stadium to maintain a top safety ranking. How much the fence will cost, who will pay for it, has yet to be determined, although the stadium does have a capital reserve fund created for just such expenses. Well, how about the Vikings pay for it? Um, they make. An, I would yeah. think the Vikings should pay for it. Wouldn't 100%. that also, uh, wouldn't that impede with traffic, though? Because the fence that they have around game day it, it cuts off is that sixth street what's the one that runs i don't know chris okay sorry a wave of fake reports of shootings uh, we hit on briefly yesterday sent oh, several I'm glad minnesota you're bringing, i'm glad you're bringing this up because i have a question i'm sorry I interrupted you okay, go ahead sure. sent several minnesota schools into lockdown yesterday the minnesota bureau of criminal apprehension said the hoax calls were reported in 16 districts including schools in minneapolis st paul and rosemount uh, BCA Superintendent Drew Evans said, given that number, I wouldn't doubt 
There's even more out there than that. The calls claim there was an active shooter or mass casualties in classrooms. All reports were similar in nature. They came from an Internet-based phone number with an out-of-state area code. None was real. After the calls, local police in each district searched the schools. Meanwhile, school officials called or emailed parents informing them of the hoaxes and encouraging students to report any suspicious activity to law enforcement. This even has a name. It's called swatting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, here's my question, because we we tended, I didn't, uh, you guys poo-pooed this yesterday and said, oh, it's just like calling in a bomb threat to get out of a test. This was highly coordinated. I looked at the map. Yes. It's schools all over the state. Mm-hmm. So maybe you've answered the question by pointing out that it was a uh, an out-of-state, Internet-provided telephone number. Correct. Well, yeah. so was one person behind this? In other words, some kid in I don't even know if Burnsville High School is in. Uh, let's just say they were. Is some kid some kid in Burnsville didn't call Cloquet and say let's do this together at 9 a.m. today? What the hell happened here? Well, it's it's out of state, so it wouldn't be anybody in Burnsville. I mean, it'd be, you know, somebody. Wherever. Tell you what they were doing. They were testing the system to see if what they uh, see if they could get everybody to shut down. That's what they were doing. Well, they much did. like it worked. Much like when you see half the country loses po- power. Hmm, that's just Russia testing the system to see if they can shut down the United oh, there States. There he goes with Russia again. <laughs> <laughs> University of St. Thomas's Doherty Family College has received a ten million dollar gift from an anonymous donor. The gift will be matched by the university. The twenty million that was will be nice the largest. Of you, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty million will be the largest amount the college has ever secured, and will go toward lowering costs for all students at Doherty Family College. The college is structured around a liberal arts two-year degree program that provides the school's eighty percent first-generation student population with the skills needed to transition easily into a bachelor's degree program. College attainment gap refers to the disproportionate amount of students of color that are unable to graduate with college degrees due to various limiting societal factors. Closing that gap is an important aspect of Darkey's mission, which focuses on providing a transitional education that they call culturally affirming. A North Dakota man who admitted to running over and killing a teenager says he did it because he thought the teen was part of, quote, a Republican extremist group that was out to get him. All this according to court documents. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt was charged with one felony count of vehicular manslaughter, one count of leaving the scene of an accident, and the death of 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson on September 18th. He was also charged with driving under the influence after he tested above the legal limit for alcohol. This all took place in McHenry, North Dakota. A very small town has a population of fewer than 40 people. According to a probable cause affidavit published by Law and Crime, Brandt told investigators he and the younger man had a verbal altercation about politics at a local street dance. Brandt indicated that the pedestrian called some people and Brandt feared they would come for him, according to the affidavit. Affidavit also says Brandt admitted to state radio that he punched the pedestrian and the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. After Brandt allegedly ran down Ellingson, he left the scene and went home. Told police he later came back and called 911, telling the dispatcher he had struck the pedestrian because the pedestrian was threatening him. He then left again before first responders arrived. Ellingson was found lying in the street, rushed to a hospital, but died from his injuries. His mother gave investigators a drastically different version of events, according to court documents. She said the teen had called her at about 2.41 a.m. to ask if his parents knew Brandt, which they did. 
He then called again a short time later and stated that he or they were chasing him. After that, she said she was unable to reach her child. A GoFundMe set up to help Ellington's family pay for funeral expenses described the teen as a wonderful and loving son. So far, they've raised $28,000 out of this morning. Brandt, who was first booked at his home on driving under the influence and later charged with the felonies related to the hit and run, has been released from Foster County Jail on $50,000 bond. Uh, He could face more severe charges, according to authorities. Well, there you have your thumbnail sketch of the failure to compromise. Mm -hmm. They get into a political argument and this drunk idiot mows the guy down. Yeah. Yeah. A drunk lefty idiot. How do you get released, though? How do you get released? Because we don't punish criminals anymore. I'm surprised, though, because this guy was white. It's criminal equity, John. Manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and obviously... Well, you know, you get you the think, idea. You think he shows up for the uh, trial? Sure. His family lives there and everything. It looks like he's a local boy from all the pictures. A town of 40 says, people who wouldn't know him. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Social media video from Russia's land borders with several countries show long lines of traffic trying to leave the country and all the airline flights out of Russia are full. This all comes a day after President Vladimir Putin announced a partial mobilization. Huh. There are lines at borders crossing into Kazakhstan, Georgia, and Ka- Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. A lot of stand countries you. over there. Man, I, you know, I practiced that this morning. Is this too, anyway. what you had been uh, asking for for some time? What? Let's go here. Remember your whole preach about uh, Russia? Let's well, go turn here. on Putin. Somebody take him out. Uh, apparently, have you seen the reports? Now they're saying he's he's so sick he may be on his deathbed, but Good. he keeps showing up on tape. Although I, with I, him, we don't know who's we don't know what we'll inherit. We could get somebody even worse yeah. than this yeah. devil. I have to admit, I don't him. understand the whole mobilization. What does that mean? I mean he and, doesn't have an army, and he's dragging people out of prison cells. He's dragging people out of their homes, and, and they're, that's and they're saying you're going to the front he, in Ukraine, and that's why s- people are fleeing. Yes. Yes, and even stranger, uh, there have been protests now, and they keep arresting people. Mm-hmm. And the people being arrested are made to go and fight. Are, yeah, are made to go into the army. There was they're a protesting video- the war, but they're made to go in. Sorry, there was a video of a guy getting pulled out of a cafe mm-hmm. that surfaced on social media yesterday. I thought, oh my god, that's- this is a badly run country. Yeah. I- well, yeah, why I are they? Out, let- am I out on a limb there? You are. Yeah. <laughs> why are they letting people leave? Oh, I suppose well, they I can't control uh, everything. Yeah, and they, I don't think they control every border. In fact, it sounds to me like they may not have enough people to control anything at this point. Don't uh, Isn't that what we want yeah. in their army, though, are people that were protesting against the army and the war? We can just be give up when they... Pretty self-assured here that they're not going to be effective. Well, that's good because the ones that were in the army were brutal rapists and murderers. Yeah, yeah. Federal appeals court last night granting a request from the Justice Department to allow its investigators to regain access to the 100 documents bearing classification Uh. markings that were seized by the FBI during its search at former President Trump's Florida residence. The three-judge panel of the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit agreed to put on hold a lower court's order that kept from subset uh, that kept the subset of sensitive records off limits. Uh, that came, you might remember, from Judge Eileen Cannon. Well, this morning she also released a, a brand new order, too, and the new order basically says what the 11th Circuit Court said, so she completely changed her 
original order, which could make it tough if the former president wants to appeal. You know what he said yesterday? You can... A president determines what are classified documents. You can even think that they're classified. I I got that right here, Joe. Okay, give it to me. Interview with Sean Hannity yesterday. Donald Trump claimed the president of the U.S. can declassify government documents simply by declaring them or even by, quote, just thinking about it. Yeah, you just think about it. Asked by Hannity about the process, Trump said there doesn't have to be a process. I'm going to Chicago this afternoon because I'm thinking about it. Hmm. I'm just going to get thinking there. About it, yeah. I'm going to think about it. Um, message to my um, roommate. I'm yeah. thinking about lasagna. Been thinking about lasagna a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, somebody. Uh, I'm sorry, Kenny. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, a very clever uh, statement yesterday on uh, Twitter after this was released. Somebody said, "Little does Donald Trump know that Joe Biden thought." the classification of the documents right after he became president. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got quite the political uh, scene, don't we? I don't we know really if do. Joe Biden is actually thinking, is he? Nobody He's really just do. spouting what his people tell him. Oh, to spout. I see what you did there. You just turned it around, didn't you? <laughs> well, it should be turned around because Biden's as goofy as Trump. Uh, well, it's uh, not worse. Can't, can't, can't go with you there. Sorry. Way worse. I can't go with you there. Well, let's uh, just put were, it this way. We're really in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. we can all agree on that. No matter where that. you look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris loves us because he's going to get a bunch of emails. Man, the that. twins just can't buy a break, huh? No, they can't. <laughs> a new report. How did it go they for them last night? They lost I, I, again, They lost Ken. a tough one, Kenny. They, they lost, Kenny. Tuned out almost right away. They're playing right now. Oh, they are. Oh, that's right. They got a day game, mm-hmm. don't they? Well, let's Thanks. wrap this thing up then. Well, a new... They're not worthy of following at this point. They've yeah, I did. I turned up. them on once last night. That was it. Other than that, I was watching the Yankees. Speaking of sports. Speaking of sports. Is Roycey back on the gin? Why? <laughs> oh, because he likes Fleck now? What the heck, I don't Pat? know what that was, yeah. Well, there. I think it was more... He, his whole point with Fleck was always he never said he couldn't coach. He just didn't like the flamboyance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like well, let's yeah. see how they do against Michigan State. I read that Roycey piece, and I got a real education on the history of sports in the uh, Minneapolis area there. We went way, way, way back. <laughs> the lead in about the 15th paragraph? That was the last line of the story. <laughs> the last line. Why does that irritate nuts. you so yes, much? He's so good, but that drives me crazy. That never used to bother me until you started until Joe bitching about it. Because I thought, I thought oh, this is Roycey's style. I, I, I dig Roycey's style. And oh, I got a paper in here. You've ruined me for that, Joe. I'll tell you where the lead was. Hold on here. He's got to get the sports page out. Yeah. Do I have a sports here? He's writing about Harvey McKay. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I have to go to the jump to find the lead because the lead wasn't on the cover. Okay. So we go to page C4. No score in the Twins game after one inning, by the way. When you guys read Ricey's column, do you do what I do, too? This doesn't have a lead. There's no lead. When you read Ricey's piece, I always read it as Ricey's telling it to me. Yep. Same here. Harvey McKay. Joe, go to the last paragraph. It's the last paragraph. I'm buying P.J. Fleck. Or the last line. Yeah. Well, he waited a long time for this lead. The thing is, I blame the paper for giving it away. 
I, I think the papers in headlined. the headline. Yeah, yeah. I think the the editors are sick of Patrick's deal, and they threw this headline out there that gives away the lead. Yeah. I agree. A new, report, a new report claims that Hawaii is the happiest state in the United States. Have you been there? <laughs> I've never been. You Wallet really hub? need to get there. I know. I would suggest taking your entire family, your kids, your grandkids. A bit pricey. And uh, spend two weeks over Christmas mm-hmm. on Maui. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be fun. This, I I'll, think, Joe, Maui would be the one place where when you get there, you will not start. Um, what do you do? You look for the next flight. for the next flight. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll do that in, in Maui. No. The data set ranges from the depression rate and the share of adults feeling productive to income growth and the unemployment rate to figure all this out. Hawaii ranked the best for emotional and physical well-being. It had the lowest share of adult depression, only about 13%. It also ranked high for community and environment. Uh, If you're wondering, Minnesota was number three. With Hawaii, Maryland, Minnesota, Utah, and New Jersey. What food that we often ridicule is a very popular food, including a fast food option in L- Hawaii. Lutefisk. Spam. 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 Oh, right. right. Spam. Spam. I knew that. There was, uh, there was an episode of uh, No Reservations to Anthony Bourdain where he went to a restaurant that served every dish with Spam, no matter what. Pizza, mm-hmm. tacos. Spam, spam is actually real meat. It's a pork shoulder. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, in my tra- in my car travels, there are a couple of Hormel guys, and they they defend spam. They they laid the law to I, me and said, "Here, I'll tell you what spam is." You smart no. ass, Such, I love spam. <laughs> yeah. The best part of spam is you if you have a dish where you have you need to use two cans of the meat. Yeah. What you do is you put a little bread. You put a couple slices of bread in the toaster. You get them all browned up. Then you take that clear yellowish jelly oh, that, that always God. comes on the spam, and you yeah. spread that on your toast. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why disturbing. he has heart issues. <laughs> yeah. That's... John, uh, what else you got? You yeah. got I got uh, I got this. You know, we've we've hinted about the Nyquil chicken now for some oh, time. Oh, Please but, explain oh, that well, to me. What is well, this? I, uh, apparently, on TikTok, the last uh, couple of weeks, there's been this thing uh, where people are frying. Chicken, uh, chicken breasts, and NyQuil. Uh, and, For what purpose? Uh, uh, well, to eat, and apparently to make you tired. However, uh, the FDA issued a very straight-faced notice last week advising people not to do it because it could be dangerous, but nobody's been doing it. Apparently, this is something from back in 2017. All the clips that are on TikTok uh, happened in 2017. They were first run in 2017. And nobody knows now why the FDA decided to put this warning out, just because a couple of them showed up again online, apparently, well, is why they did I it. I submit to you that if you live in a country where people are cooking chicken with NyQuil, yeah. you are damn near uh, near the end of your country. Oh, that's Okay, make a link. Bottom. I, I was going to make an amateur link. I'm going to put it in the, put the ball in your court. Make a link. I want you to link the NyQuil spam story to the current state of politics in, I don't know, St. Paul. You went to a meeting the other night. Make a link for us. It's pretty easy. Well, that people are so tired from eating chicken with NyQuil (laughs) that they can't get to the meeting. That wasn't it, but that's good. But I think people cooking chicken in NyQuil is um, representative of the fact that there were only how many people at that meeting? 
75 to 100. 75 to 100 people at that meeting. Mm -hmm. Because the world doesn't care about that. The world cares about NyQuil chicken. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me think. uh, I think it was Jordy, wasn't it, Joe? Jordy sent uh, this story, which I already already had the story, but he sent it with Alvin Crow and the Pleasant Valley Boys doing NyQuil Blues from the right. 1970s, right. which is a great song. And I had forgotten song. all about it's it. It is a great song. song. It's a cliché. It's not. What's it's, a cliché about it? It's just a cliché chords and cliché It's a novelty song. It's a novelty song. It's a cliche novelty chords. song. It yeah. might as well be Alvin and the Chipmunks. I wonder if it's, 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 it's a great song. No, it it's is a western, not a great song. It's a western swing tune well, with a little bluesy feel to it. The only guy who can do western swing is Sourdough Slim. Can we play some of it? He doesn't really do western swing, Joe. Can you play any of this miserable song you're talking about, or would that violate some legal edict? When will that? When were you going to take care of that? It's your fault. Uh, I think it's your fault, Chris. I think it's taken care of. This is the way we're going to. No, just play the damn thing. This is how we're going to exist with no quality music. Other, I I mean, we got Dill, but thank God we have Dill. Thank God we have Dill. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any music. I think he's jumping off the bandwagon, too. So, If kids Just are cooking kidding. chicken with NyQuil, <laughs> uh, they deserve whatever happens to them. Can I sing NyQuil blues? Is that all right? Aren't yeah. you tempted just to give it a little try? <laughs> no. I, I'd have a bite. I don't even like NyQuil, much less chicken boiled. Because I'm thinking this could be a great stand at the state fair next year. NyQuil oh, chicken. <laughs> On a bleeping stick, you loser. With Step spam right up. residue as a topping. Oh, 20 yeah, bucks a piece, hooplehead. Get your cash out. Throw it on a sandwich and on the bread, throw some of that spam. Uh, spam jelly. Spam jelly. John, Peanut butter said, and spam when, jelly John, sandwiches. John, when you were in a band, did you do the NyQuil blues? We did, yes, nearly 80s. And that yeah. really got the crowd excited? It was, yeah, people the would bras dance. start <laughs> flying up on stage well, I don't think the we underpants. quite that far. <laughs> Not quite that far. You know, I yeah. hate to do this to him, but Santa Bell Jim, and this hasn't been done yet to my knowledge, he's got a million-dollar idea that I can't stop thinking about. Hold on, I'll pull up Google. Uh-oh. He's got a hell of an idea. Okay. Uh, an electric car today would take us about six days to reach Florida. He believes that what the auto dealers should do, the manufacturers, is create little trailers that contain a generator that look exactly like the car. Same paint scheme, same aerodynamics. And so you're towing with you in your electric car your own generator, which, of course, would run on gasoline. You don't see the wisdom in that? Aren't those already available? No, I don't. You don't? Oh, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I really do. Don't you have to have... You have it done aerodynamically, and, uh, and the trailers would match the vehicle's design, and then you just pull over, plug it in, bing, bang, boom, you're on the road again. I've got an idea. Why don't you buy a vehicle that's powered by gasoline and just do it straight through? Get there in a day and well, a half. Well, that's that's my first option, of course. I, I'm just saying, he's as the world begins its collective belief. According to electricvehicles.bhcydro.com, you need to turn off your electric vehicle in order to start a charge. After you've started the charge, you may be able to turn power back on 
to run the heat or the radio, but power steering and the ability to move the vehicle will be disabled until you've stopped charging. The mining for the batteries alone will destroy this planet, more so than any other form of energy excavation you can find. The searching for battery materials will destroy this planet. That's why I wish I had it. Uh, it was an op-ed either yesterday or a couple of days ago. A guy from uh, an editor from the L.A. Times I saw it, yeah. wrote an editorial about how, and he buys, he has an electric vehicle, but he doesn't think it's enough, and he thinks it's a waste of time. We actually need to change the way I, the way we live. Right. And public transportation is the key to everything. Yeah, and then side, and then side. Uh, next to it was an article from a local attorney who thinks we all should go electric. Yeah. Well, yeah. these people aren't thinking and they don't know what they're talking about. No. They don't know what's in store for them. I do not want to hear that woman. Chris, I will come down there. <laughs> Seriously, do not play that. Okay. Only because they come to us all the way from Marlott Park. It, Chris. No. John? In Umpumalanga, <laughs> South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldWideWaftage.com. On this day in 1895. The last official day of s summer? Fall. Yep. Elmer A. Benson was born in Appleton. He served as governor from 1937 to 1939, representing the Farmer Labor Party. Under his watch, the state's first workers' compensation law would be passed. His sympathy for communist principles would lead to distrust among members of his party, but he would retain control of the Farmer Labor Party until 1944 when it merged with the Democratic Party. Increasingly radical, Benson would become a marginal figure in politics and return to the farm in Appleton until his death on March 13, 1985. So he lived a long life. He was 90. On this day in 1968, what happened in baseball? And it happened here locally. 1968 at mm, Met Stadium. At Met no, Stadium. No, no hitter. Oh, 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 no. It nope. was a no hitter. Uh, played all nine positions. Caesar Tovar. Thank you. Caesar Tovar. I thought yeah. we covered that already. Didn't we have some celebration of Caesar earlier this year well, at the ballpark? He, he went into the Twins Hall of Fame this year. Oh, okay. About, what, two, three weeks ago? And we talked about it then. Yeah. At two, Brutus. So on September 22nd, 1968, I presume it was at a home game. Yes, because it was a yes. gimmick, right? Because yeah. they were terrible. Yeah. Played all nine positions during a – well, I don't know if they were terrible. In 69 and 70, they won – they were in the divisional playoffs against the East. I thought Royce said that that was a gimmick how's to get that, crowds. How does that work with the rules, though? Once you're pulled, you're not – able to go back into the game are you no you're just alternating positions each he just, inning it, he wasn't oh he so it's like volleyball yep. everybody just rotates yep. switch positions i got you. 79 and 83 they finished that season oh. finished seventh in the american league so yeah they were. Uh, but in Qu 69 and 70 i believe they won the division and played in the playoffs one year played against baltimore baltimore yeah was it both years they played baltimore uh they did not get to the world series then. right yeah, you know, uh, Adam Klein tried that same feat for the Fairbowl Lakers a couple of summers ago. John, were you going to play a song? For wait me? a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Before John plays us out. Why does John have a guitar out? Wait. Before he plays us out, wipe that furrowed brow off your balding forehead. Wipe it oh. off. Thank you. 21st-er question. Mm -hmm. Does winter start this afternoon? Winter oh, started right. about June 22nd, and we've had a glorious autumn. So wait a minute. Oh, no, wait. 
Oh, wow. So winter starts... We're in about spring right now. Wait, no. No, spring starts in December. Isn't 21st? That's when spring starts. We assign November and December to winter. They, They get to be called winter. And once December 21st hits... That's wow. spring. So fall doesn't even figure in? Fall begin fall you've been enjoying all these months. Since, oh since okay. the no, the, yeah. No. Since no. June? It's since been unholy hot. No. It, it can't be ninety degrees oh, no, that's in the fall. fall. That's fall. And summer was, you know, March, April, May. Are you still on the non alcoholic beer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, John. Play us out, my friend. Well, I'm just going to, you know, Are you new give me a bottle of NyQuil. NyQuil Blues. Oh, okay. That sleep my body needs. Give me a bottle of NyQuil. Sleep my body needs. And Joe's right. That song's terrible. An analgesic decongestant with an antihistamine. There's nothing unique about that song. I love NyQuil. Oh, my God. Hey, my friend Howard Clary's just saying, uh, he's yelling, he's a- he's angry at me. He Uh-oh. says, quit telling us that the leaves come to us. We want to go on a road trip, we will. Okay, I'm sorry. Wow. Gee whiz. Well, if it's a day trip, if it's just one day, though, Howard, we're going to have to talk about the Stop road trip Stop being so thing. curmudgingly. Curmudging, curmudgingly. Throw the CP into the most recent Schmelz acquisition and go take in some color. Quit badgering us about our proclivities to seek beauty. Gee whiz. I you know where the best way, place, the best place in the entire state to see the colors? Ford Bridge or well, Lake Street Bridge. You're not far or, off. You or get Franklin that whole Bridge. River Valley to look at. Yeah. Yep. It's a hallway. That's of right. God's yeah. beauty. Gonna, huh. Are we well, done? Is that going to do it for today? Yeah, what, what the hell. All right. <laughs> what? That was a good <laughs> guest. Uh, I really like that guy. Dennis Donegan. Uh, Reavers, did you book him? Was that your legwork? No, oh, Such, I did. Such did. Ah, that's why it was good. Why do I even bother to ask you guys to do anything? You're right. Why do you? I don't know. <laughs> why good do point, you? Joe. GLers, if you could subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And oh, by the way, the mayor just penned something for the Garage Logic newsletter. Well, I'm, I'm noodling with it. It's experimental. Oh, you haven't sent it out yet. It did. I sent it to Ross. Okay. Very Let good. me tell you something. Uh, yes, sir. Once you see an area without trees, you can't unsee it. <laughs> the horror. The you horror. You can't unsee it. Oh, the horror. Ah. Oh. It is time once again to check in with Mr. Money Talk. Josh, Arnold G. Others, now's the time for you to do the same and pick up the phone and make that call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952 952- 
952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and you're also going to get Straight Talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, Josh, why are you not panicking right now, given that the Fed is raising interest rates again? The Fed is, I'm not going to say the Fed is wrong, because who am I to say that the Fed is wrong and, and the statistics that they look at that said that we've got massive inflation, that the inflation is embedded in the system, and the Fed is going to need to raise interest rates at infinitum and knock down stock prices, knock down bond prices, knock down real estate prices in an effort to kill inflation and then return us to price stability. Who am I to knock that? I'm just one guy in Edina, Minnesota, who happens to look at stock prices primarily. I look at bond prices. I do track real estate. And I do see all of the issues that the Fed says are inflationary or are causes of inflation, primarily commodity prices coming down and coming down fairly significantly. does not matter whether it's the price of oil, which has come from $130 a barrel, now down to $83 a barrel where it was prior to the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. If I look at copper, a necessary, necessary metal in the economy, and particularly with the push towards EVs, electric vehicles, which are supposed to save us from climate change. That's another another story altogether. Copper, represented by Freeport McMoran, $53 a share in April, currently $28 a share. If I look at the price of aluminum, measured by Alcoa, down. If I look at Home Depot as a proxy on lumber, that stock. If I look at Walmart, proxy for both food and general shopping, that stock down from a high. These are just some, you know, small examples of that. So in my estimation, uh, the Fed has succeeded in bringing down some of the root causes for or inflationary pressures. And while prices have come up, I don't necessarily see them you know, running back down. The Fed's efforts to increase interest rates are not going to necessarily bring down the cost of Coca-Cola. It's not going to bring down anymore the price of gasoline. So, and it's not going to bring down the price of, of copper. The Fed has already done a lot to slow the economy down. Witness the GDP numbers from the first quarter down minus 1.7%. Second quarter down 0.98%. Heck, the Fed is, is even in their talk, the Fed is saying, well, we might have. GDP growth this year of 0.2%. And then I hear the uh, the, the uh, current administration saying the economy is great and it's growing. And I go, what? Uh, come on. That is not true. Yet, I do remain bullish because I look at, well, a few things. The asset allocation model that I use with my clients of keeping up to 30% in cash and the balance invested in value-oriented companies and growth companies with a little involved in trading and a focus on companies involved in the internet, uh, leisure businesses, China-related businesses without necessarily investing in China, and real assets such as real estate. So that's the focus. Many of these companies are, are down off their highs, but substantially off their lows. These companies are earning and generating some pretty good revenues, and they're going to generate some very nice earnings. And I have found through a lot of years in business and experience, 
that in down markets, bear markets, slowing economies, people are still spending money on leisure pursuit. That's still there. Companies involved in leisure are still going to make money. They may not make as much money. They're still going to make money. We talked the other day about Amazon and Amazon's push into Thursday night football and the increase they've had in their prime subscribers. That's not going to go away. In fact, it might even expand. You know, along with that, DraftKings is a sponsor for for Thursday night night football and betting on football other sports is still pretty big. DraftKings stocks is down from its uh, a recent high, but up substantially from a low. If I look at another leisure company, Wynn Resort, that had a nice move as well as Las Vegas Sands. Both had a nice move earlier this week on news coming out of Hong Kong about quarantine. That's going to be a big boost for Hong Kong and then into to Macau, where both of these companies have big businesses. Las Vegas is still doing extremely well, not reflected in the stock prices. And that makes me, you know, bullish for those. Favorite Apple continues to to report not only just Apple, but analysts checking sales of the uh, i14 model have seen sales of the i14 Pro Max exceeding expectations. That eventually will translate into a higher stock price. So to me, plenty of opportunities right now and not a time to run away. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. GLers, you heard him. Pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.